Hey there, folks. How's it going? I'm Owen, and today we're joined by Hannah Farron of Team Boompods. Hannah, how's it going? Good, thank you, and thank you for having me. That's no problem. You're welcome. Now, Hannah is uh, the joint manager of Team Boompods. She has a master's in law and is still a rider and competitor. So, Hannah, tell me a little bit about the team. What's the ethos? Give me like the USP. Why should <laughs> I support Team Boompods over every other team? Well, um, so Team Boom Pods were quite unique in the sense that we're a team run solely by women for women. Um, and the aim of the team really is not only around winning races, which we kind of think will be a, a byproduct of the environment we create and the riders that we, we recruit, but we really look to deliver key objectives with partners around promoting women's cycling, pushing it forward and just being a really good platform for, for any up and coming riders to progress really. I mean, as you said, that's quite unique. What was the thinking behind having a team that is solely run, organised, backed uh, and and filled with women? Um, I think it was really born out of myself and Nikki Metcalf, um, who manages the team alongside me. We, we've we raced before, we've seen teams that have been run just by men um, and whilst there's nothing wrong with that, we felt we could really bring something to the table in terms of we know exactly how the sport from our perspective works and the unique selling points of women cycling um, and it really went from there to be honest and we, we recruited um, riders some who we'd, we'd already um, competed against and competed with, um, others were completely new. And then we worked with obviously finding new partners, creating um, a message and an ethos around the team. Yeah. And then we got partners to buy into that basically. Yeah, that's good. So everybody knows that coming in from, from the start, all the, the sponsors understand the ethos and what you want to achieve. Yeah, I think we've always been strong in our ethos around it being run solely by women for women. Um, and we've always worked really well with partners and we're incredibly lucky to have the partners we do um, that really support us um, and, and believe in us, really. Yeah, I mean, that's something that's, as, um, well, as a 27-year-old male, uh, from from my side of the sport, it's something that I'm always desperate to help with. Is is how mm -hmm. can I help women cycling? And so often I've kind of butted up the against the fact that I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know if that's something that that you see much of. The like well-meaning people like uh, like myself or other organisers, um, but we we're not sure how to help. Yeah, I think. Um I had this discussion last week with a friend actually around women cycling and and we came to the conclusion that a lot of the time p people are wanting to help but they don't actually understand kind of our side of the sport they're not involved in it um they don't know kind of the teams the characters in our sport um how it really works the restrictions in place um, the barriers that kind of women face so it's all around kind of educating and I think we're really open to working with organisers especially we've worked with quite a lot of organisers in our region around if you wanted to put on a women's race this is how you get the word out this is how you get the riders um, we're incredibly lucky in this region that it it really promotes women cycling and a lot of the organisers have kind of come to us and said like what do we do yeah um, which which we're really lucky lucky with. 
Yeah, and you mentioned um, the the riders. I mean, shout out here to Gabby Homer, who is uh, <laughs> yeah. she's uh, she's always teaming up with us on Instagram, which is good. Um, but like, who who if um, you had to say kind of young riders to watch in your team that we should look at for the future? Is there anyone that comes to mind? We're not, we're not Gabby. playing favourites here, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I, I would definitely say Gabby. Um, obviously, she's a national champion yeah. on the track, um, really strong on, on the road as well. Um, and I hope that we can offer her the platform to get that experience, get that exposure at the top level, kind of domestically, and, and, and move on from there. Um, but she's been a really great asset to the team so far. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that she's uh she's doing well. And I remember seeing her as a, I think she first popped under to my radar as a as the Irish national champion. And yeah. she's uh what eighteen nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's just she's just started university, so she, she's still really young and she's still learning. Um, but yeah, she's been she's a, been a great asset already. And how do you find that uh? that side of the team that's the dreaded social media you know like teams nowadays they're like marketing vehicles and Mm -hmm. uh you know like outreach programs do you find that is uh at odds with coming into it thinking i wanted to create a racing team um i think i i personally quite enjoy creating the content and running the social media channels um and i've always tried to sell it to riders as something they can buy into rather than it being a real um kind of onerous task yeah. to kind of say this is how you can create fun content we don't want these staged posts we want quite organic um and really quite fun content so i've always tried to sell it in quite a positive way because for quite a lot of riders, I've noticed um, they're either not really on social media or they kind of rarely use it. Um, but it's our way, especially in times like this, of promoting the team. So it's kind of creating that positive um, positive vibe around it, really. Yeah, I was always acutely aware uh, when, when I was competing myself that I was a in some ways just a walking advert for the for yeah. the team for the sponsors you're like a, a brand yeah. ambassador um and it's not initially what i thought i would get into the sport for yeah yeah it can be a, a shock um we've had quite a few riders in the past where it has been quite a lot for them um and it, unfortunately there's kind of no getting away from it that their obligations are there yeah um and it's kind of up to riders to take it on board um and really support the team um i know when we have our meetings at the kind of the start of the season we're really clear about what we expect from riders um but equally we don't want them to receive really staged content we want it to be quite um some of it can be tongue-in-cheek some of it <laughs> the sponsors really like um, and it's always a bit different so we're really lucky this year that everyone's on board i guess it's it's no fun for anyone if if every everything you put up is some weird staged uh, yeah strange event <laughs> yeah I think I think you can tell as well um but we've always um like a team I really admire is EF Pro Cycling um the way they do their social they crush it yeah yeah the way they interact with fans and just the things they create so I think there's a lot to take from from other teams that are doing it yeah. doing it the way we, we would like to imitate i'm gonna date this now but did you see uh lachlan morton just Mm -hmm. 
absolutely smashed the Everest thing. Yeah. Uh, and more importantly, he did it like it became an event in itself. There's no racing going on, but he has created a social media buzz, an event. You know, obviously Everest thing's been high on the agenda <laughs> right now, but uh, yeah, the way EF have been doing it, I think I don't think you're even the first person to mention EF. Like the they're um they're they're such role models for teams and organizers. It's just a fresh outlook, isn't it? It's refreshing to see that kind of content and that ethos behind a team when you've been confronted with Ineos, um, who were Sky for obviously a long time, <laughs> and their complete polar opposite approach, which 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 works for a lot of people. But I think there's definitely a draw towards that more raw, really kind of tongue in cheek, yeah, um, content that's coming out now. Yeah, I always I like to think uh, there's a it's like the difference between guys guys walking around in hoodies uh, and guys walking around in suits. You know, there's yeah. there's different sides of the sport for everybody there. But the the I was I was wondering we're talking about social media and participation mm-hmm. and and like organizers' roles in in doing that. The difficulty is there's been like such a lack of solid steady and consistent racing put on mm-hmm. for women in the uk like last uh, well i think this year we didn't even have a um we, is that an ice cream van yeah <laughs> <laughs> lovely can i have yeah <laughs> um yeah that's yeah that's cool um there's been such a lack of consistent racing for women mm-hmm. like this year there wasn't even yeah. going to be a Elite circuit series, I don't think, or elite ro- uh, road series for women. Elite elite circuit series, yeah, um, yeah, that that got um, scrapped, um, and a couple of them made their way into the national road series, um, which was a bit strange. How can we yeah. even like hearing you saying that got scrapped about yeah. a whole series of women's racing is? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't really know how to put it into polite words. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was a really positive step to see last year. Um, and I think the National Road Series, um, it, it was strong last year. We had quite a number of rounds, um, kind of teams fighting it out. Um, and I think, I think if, if you're wanting to kind of fathom what organisers can do to support women cycling I think kind of a more coherent race programme would be really useful around kind of all organisers talking to each other so I know this is something British Cycling kind of try and and promote around making sure the calendar is coherent across each region so you don't have major clashes so you're not kind of getting riders racing all over um and kind of drips and drabs everywhere um and as well i mean it's, re- it's a really positive step to see that british cycling have have banded the races all the same as the men's now so you know how you've got your national a b and your regional stuff um for points that that's really positive i had that lot yeah sorry i just um that's reminded me running the the saffron wooden grand prix last year i uh, wanted my women's race to be a national A. And when it came back to me, they'd downgraded it. And I was like, 
yeah what's up yeah. You've, a- you've accidentally downgraded my race and they're like oh no we don't do national a races for women except for like the national championships i was like what yeah what do you mean i was <laughs> i was sitting i was like that sounds sexist but i'm not sure if it is yeah i've often found um so quite a lot of the the kind of male cyclists I, I ride and train with, they'll talk about a national air race and it's always seemed so um, abstract to, to what we're faced with, um, where you've kind of got the national road series and then you've got your regional stuff, whereas it'd be really nice, to, obviously, to have what we have now where it's up, you can see exactly where it's banded um, and to match the men as well. So it's obviously being more inclusive. Yeah. Um, I seen a really good article by another women's team, Bianchi Dharma, um, and they they were kind of talking about how they would see a restructure of the racing, and they highlighted kind of barriers to racing. So I know they, I think they're Gloucestershire based, so they can have a three hundred k round trip sometimes. Um, four times within kind of six weeks if you're looking at all the northern national road stuff um and i think that's where potentially we could have a a slightly more fairer race program for the national road series spread out in six or seven locations um that are easy to get to for the majority not sort of what we have now which we're really lucky with that we're in the (laughs) north and that's where they all are pretty much um but Obviously, that's not fair on the other team. So we would be happy to travel more if if it overall balanced out well. Obviously, there was the um, Southwest Classic. Um, oh man, yeah, that was that must have been a trip for you. Well, we we kind of made the decision that we would fund riders' entries, but obviously around budget and things like that, it was really tight and a lot of the riders were facing kind of a seven hour drive. Um, and it was just, if people would probably wouldn't realize if they're not involved in the running of a team that you're going to be paying, let's say you want to put six riders into a race. You're mm-hmm. going to be paying 200 pounds in entries for them. And yeah. then you've got to fund, if you're funding it, six riders traveling 300 miles there and, and back and uh, yeah. staying down there as well it all adds up especially across a season um and it's not like we're rolling in cash mm-hmm. yeah it's really looking at where your resources are best placed and I, f- I feel in one hand hypocritical saying to organizers put on races but don't put them there <laughs> and it's, it's really tricky that's not what we're saying we're kind of saying to work with organisers and to work with British Cycling about making a fairer race programme that works for everyone. Um, so that that's where we're at, really. Yeah, that makes sense. And do you think, like, kind of looking forward to the future, what do you think encourages young women to, to get on, into the sport, to get into racing in particular? I think... What from an observation, obviously, there is um quite a massive drop off around 16, around kind of the getting into junior level of women's cycling. Um, and I know British Cycling run their talent development pathway program and they have their cluster sessions, um, and that's where kind of talent spotted and, and they see a drop off, um, 
and I think it's around creating a really positive environment for them. Um, obviously, it's a high-performance environment a lot of the time, but it's just around keeping it really fun and fresh and not putting too much pressure on them. I think I've noticed a lot of juniors are like really, really serious, and that's great and dedicated, but I think there's that element of they are still only 16 um, and they're so young, but I think in our sport you can progress so quickly Um specifically riders like Eleanor Baxted, who's already um, riding for Trek Segafredo, yeah. um, which is which is amazing. But I think really trying to create a healthy image and it being inclusive. So we've, we have had junior riders in the past. Um, we're now just a senior team. But I think what we have done in the past is really try to engage with younger riders um, and really be seen as a positive role model. And just trying to inject some fun into it, really. Because um, obviously, when they grow up, that's when the serious stuff starts. But I think if you can kind of nurture that talent and keep it fun and, and enjoyable, that that's where you'll see people continue to take it up. Yeah, I think that's a, a really big thing. I was um, thinking just the other day about my own experience with like burnout, training too hard. And mm-hmm. When I was really just starting the sport as a junior... You know, it was just a, f- a few rides a week and I loved it. And um, I feel I actually got more out of my time on the bike when I was only doing a few hours a week yeah. than when I reached 22, 23 and I was trying to cram in like 20 hours of endurance work and, you know, high intensity stuff on top of that. And by the end, I just burnt out. Whereas, you know, having this fun environment for young women to get involved in the sport is much, much better. Yeah, and I think um, you, you can see that in quite a lot of riders that have kind of come and gone, and you can I can see it with a couple of the riders I I train with, where they've they've all got power meters, they've all got the best bikes, they've all got the best kit, um, and that's great. And I think to a certain extent, the the sport itself has fueled that in the way it's going. But I think Alex Dowsett put out a really good. Um, vlog I think it was last week or the week before around kind of junior racing and his advice um, and that I thought that was really important around just keep it fun and, and the engagement will stay there naturally yeah yeah I think uh, that's one I've got to watch I've not I've not watched it yet probably because there's going to be too much too much stress from the memories yeah yeah it is it is really good and it's a really honest account um and i hope i hope a lot of juniors well youth and junior riders take it on board well that's a good that's a good positive note um and a little bit of homework for people to finish part one on then that's uh (laughs) that's really useful Mm -hmm. thanks so team boom pods on social media probably just going to highlight instagram for for the folks listening yeah so we're just at team boom pods on instagram facebook and twitter and then i'm at hannah farron for my personal account as well and it's good you've been doing some rider takeovers obviously Mm -hmm. i mentioned gabby shout out again because she is part of the monument cycling community on instagram um so yeah definitely worth checking that out obviously you can check out the monument cycling instagram uh it's pretty good right now we don't have any races running because coronavirus but um we do have some really cool uh, content going out sharing things from teams like team boom pods and things like that uh once you're done with that subscribe to the monument cycling podcast and join us for part two thank you very much everybody <laughs>